And now it's time for Talking Trade, sponsored by Michael Best Strategies and MMAC's World Trade Association. Today's guest is Pawan Banaga. Welcome to Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, president of ME Day. And I'm Ken Wasik, Managing Director of EM Wasik Associates, an international business development firm. Sandy and I are really pleased that we have a great guest from India, Pawan Banaga, who is the Managing Principal of an Indo-Finnish management consulting company, Katsvu uh, Consulting, uh, based in New Delhi. Uh, he's also the Indian Connection and partner of Asian Insiders, and Asian Insiders is a consulting group uh, that assists global companies throughout Asia in a number of uh, areas and industries. Pawan, you have excellent experience for over 30, uh, three decades, combined in industries, uh, the Indian military, corporate management consulting, as well as in education, defense, automotive, and various manufacturing and infrastructure. So welcome, welcome to uh, Talking Trade. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for having me and Sandy for having me on your show. It would be wonderful trying to showcase India on, 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 your, on your show. Well, great, great. So let's, let's showcase. Uh, India has seen, uh, is, is on the rise. And, um, you know, as, as we look at the global economies in the various countries, we're seeing that India is, um, you know, rapidly expanding. Many here in North America see India as an alternative to Chinese manufacturing, as well as other industries. So how do you, overall, how do you see the Indian economy development over the next three to five years? Uh, thank you, Ken. So um, you're absolutely right. We, the world is looking uh, at India right now as an alternative to the giant earlier, to China. Um, uh, Indian economy has proven to be remarkably res resilient in the face of the headwinds that we had been, the world has been facing over the last so many years, recession, the war that is all going on. Uh, I'm, I'm sure India has been doing something, something well uh, to be placed at the position that we are today. Uh, before I can tell you what we are kind of going to be in the next few years, we must, I must tell you what India is today. And the best way to do it is by telling you, you know, our GDP today right now is, is, is about 3.5 trillion USD, which is the far fifth largest economy in the world. The growth has been, you know, right now it's at, as, as given by the IMF is about 6.7%. Uh, India used to be known for its agriculture earlier, but now if you look at the components of GDP, it is, it is more to do with now services, which take up 54% of the GDP. The industry takes 28% and the agriculture comes to 18%. So India is on a track to become the world's third largest economy by 2027, 20, surpassing Japan and Germany. And just to tell you, we may even have the third largest stock market by 2030. This is what the IMF and the World Bank reports are, have been saying. IMF says we are the fastest growing economy in the world, having clocked over the last decade a growth rate of about 5.5%, and, and for the next five years, expected to be about 6.4%. Uh, we are, as per the estimates, also India is likely to double its current GDP from 3.5 trillion 
to 7.5 trillion in a, by, by 22030. Now, why this is happening? There are three mega trends that we could talk of. Uh, global offshoring, digitalization, and engineering and energy transitions, which has set the pace for India to, to, for this unprecedented economic growth. Um, the key pointers which are at a, which are a, a boost in India's, you know, this, this growth journey are, are the India's share of global manufacturing, expanding credit availability, creation of new businesses, improving the quality of life and increased consumer spending. But when I talk of the three mega trends, let me just give you a, a brief of each one of this global offshoring. A company across the world used to look at India for outsourcing services such as software development, BPOs, customer right. service, etc. since the you know, early days of internet. However, with the current economic scenario with tighter global labor markets, emergence of distributed work models, etc., this is bringing a new momentum in which India is being looked at the back office of the world, if I may say so. Yeah. We are also we are also being we are also poised as as the factory to the world, you know the the uh, with a strong government, with a strong with with a, a large number of structural changes take uh, you know uh, economy structure uh, policy changes, uh, labor law changes, investment you know uh, making the environment easier for the industries to operate both Indian as well as foreign. So all these things are 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 helping. For, for driving the capital investments in manufacturing. And that makes me to say that we are also becoming the factory to the world. Yeah. So from a, you know, uh, Wisconsin is very heavy manufacturing. That's a key industry in Wisconsin. And when there's development in manufacturing as well as other industries, I know per personally, we have clients, uh, nor, um, Midwestern uh, US companies that are eyeing India as a potential export market. Where do you see those um, opportunities for American exporters? Absolutely. So uh, that's a great question. Again, uh, uh, Indian market with its nearly 1 billion plus population presents lucrative and diverse opportunities for the U.S. exporters with the right product, mark my words, right services and commitment, which is very important when you know, I've been dealing with a with number of European uh, companies and, and these three words that I'm using, I, I use them with some, some conviction that with the right product, right service, and the right commitment for, for the uh, you know, American industry. India's requirement with the economy growing and all round development taking place with the, with the economy growing, um, India's requirement for equipment and services for major sectors such as energy, environment, healthcare, high tech, food and beverage, dairy, food processing, infrastructure, transportation, the field is wide open. There's a great opportunity for the US industry at this point of time. I forgot to forgot to add defense in that because that's another major lucrative. Just today, just yesterday, uh, 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 you know, the US giant Boeing has just, just signed a huge contract with the Tata's for this. So come to, I would just highlight few of the sunshine sectors that in my opinion, which are important. I'll give you uh, in a quick way, you know, what are the, from which they were the opportunities for the US industries. Let's talk of pharmaceuticals. 
Pharmaceuticals India is called the pharmacy of the world. We are third largest by volume, by, by volume and fifth, 14th largest by, by value. 40% of the generics that you see on your, on your shelves in the medical stores, they are all Indian. They are all from India. We have the highest number of US FDA compliant pharma plants outside of US. They are in India. Coming talk of biotech again. These these are the, these are the things we are again the top twelve destinations for biotechnology globally. We are valued at seventy billion USD in 2020. 2020. The government is really putting a lot of effort in the uh, in towards the biotech and the biosimilars. We have they have just opened a, a fund of funds, and this is where this is where we have a big opportunity for the companies to come in. Medical devices, another market. So, so I mean, yeah. you, you know, you spoke about India being back office to the world, and you know, I would agree, and and that seems to continue to grow with tech workers and so forth, and um, you know, um, involves less of the moving goods, and yet all these growing markets, which I we've seen as um, as brokers and forwarders. One of the challenges. Um, obstacles, if you will, by comparison to China, um, is, is moving goods in and out of India and, um, you know, transit times, uh, availability, and some of the infrastructure. Can you speak to that at all and what the government may be doing or is committed to doing in improving the rail system and the infrastructure within in India to improve the movement of goods and the ease of moving goods in and out of India? Yeah, exactly. So logistics is one of the biggest because India being such large in, in length and breadth in terms of climate, you know, you from the from the mountains to the seas, to the deserts, to the rainforest, everything, you know, so, so, you know, uh, talking of the I'll talk of the roads and highways, you know, we have a network of about 6.2 million kilometers. And the way the progress of laying highways right now is India is laying about 37 kilometers of road per day. There's a massive push to infrastructure. There have been a huge allocation of nearly about 1.4 trillion uh, US dollars for infrastructure between 2020 and 2025. The government is really pushing the roads, you know, because and making, making the, you know, um, highways like that. Talking about railways, again, India has the fourth largest railway system in the world, just behind US, Russia, and China. You are the leaders in that, right? 126,000 kilometers of rail tracks, 7,000 approximately uh, railway stations. Where the opportunity lies here is, is that we are, we are really upgrading the technological infusion is, is uh, such as signaling, telecom, et cetera, et cetera, is huge, hugely required. We also have a metro rail system, which runs about 750 kilometers. So this is where the logistics is when we talk of uh, movement of goods taking place. Again, uh, I'm not even talking of the airways. Again, large number of airports. Yes. Uh, name the airline in the world. They all are operating through India You know, for that. So that is as for the rails. And talk of ports again. So we have world-class ports again, which are, which are so uh, handling large number of, uh, of cargo coming in from from the US as well as from the Middle East and from those areas and from Southeast Asia. Uh, so, uh, you know, India is, is doing very well to, to reduce all these bottlenecks. You also talked about, you know, what are the difficulties that the 
companies may be facing. Well, yes, there is a perception about India being difficult in terms of doing business, in terms of its in terms of its red red tapeism or in terms of licenses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, uh, this was used to be the case over the last eight to ten years. Uh, as I was saying earlier, there are a number of uh, policy changes, structural reforms, um, etc., are, are have been put into the place by the government so as to increase or to the ease of doing business in India, uh, to attract investments and to attract foreign foreign uh, companies to do business with India. The government has also come up with something called as PLI, uh, 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 you know, productivity linked. Right. incentive scheme right so in which which is you know a company coming in depending on the production etc etc there's a huge topic by itself but there is uh, large incentives for that which involves tax breaks uh, easier loans uh, ease of availability of land you know etc etc in that absolutely well I, certainly we've seen a shift in as as us looks for um, options to trading with China and relying less on China and diversifying, you know, both um, in terms of export and in terms of sourcing goods. And um, I, I actually would say, you know, we, we don't find India difficult to work with. I think the biggest challenges historically, again, have been some of the movement of goods and, um, you know, lack of, of routine schedules at times and so forth. But um, having the government behind it obviously is a huge step in in addressing those issues. So I, I can remember an Indian friend years ago in um, in this industry who said, you know, the difference between China and in India and the pace at which we, uh, you know, commit to some of this infrastructure is if is the difference between a dictatorship and a democracy um, and and how the goods are spent. So. Um, but certainly, it, it sounds like India you know, recognizes the need for this, and and ultimately help will help India grow and, and the market grow. So, yeah. uh, I I would add to that. Uh, I remember trying to establish a Indian business about twelve years ago, and I I, I believe after one year of going through the process, uh, my client gave up. Uh, but that's not the case, you know, uh, today. Right. Just the opposite is, yeah. uh, is is the case today. So, well, and okay. I'm afraid we're out of time today. Um, but exciting opportunities! It sounds like in India, and uh, look forward to see what lies ahead for all of us. Thank you for joining us on Talking Trade. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for for having me on your show and having to put across Indian point of view. Um, of course, the time that we had is very little for really showcasing in India. So maybe we could have uh, another time where you can talk about something much more about. For detail. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you, Sandy. Look forward to it. You've been listening to Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies.